My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 188 of The Kate Show. This episode is brought to you by HoneyBook. If you're looking for a streamlined, automated way to deliver client invoices, reminder emails, questionnaires, and whatever else you want automated in your client process, you need HoneyBook. Go to HoneyBook.com and use code SOCIALITE for 50% off your first year. That specific URL is share.honeybook.com dot com forward slash socialite and use the code socialite for 50% off your first year. All right, guys. So today I'm talking about the five popular marketing tactics that I don't actually use in my business. And I like talking about what I'm not doing just as much as I talk about what I am doing because we don't have time to do all the things when it comes to business, when it comes to marketing, even if we have a team. And I do have a team, but that still doesn't mean I'm going to do all the things because I only want to do things that bring me results. And I know that a lot of you feel the same way. So if you ever feel pressured to do a million little tasks to market your business and each time a new social media feature is released, for example, you might groan and think, oh, is this another thing I have to learn how to use? The answer is no, actually, you don't. You don't have to learn how to use every new social media tool, feature, or platform that launches. You do not have to be on Angie's List, Porch, or House, or any other directory known to the modern world. You don't have to sponsor online events or run five-day challenges in your social media circles. Your only job as an entrepreneur is to figure out where your ideal clients are already hanging out and then show up in that place with a message that resonates with them. In simple terms, why go door to door down the street when you know that dozens of your ideal clients are congregating in the tennis club? Just go straight to the tennis club. Go where they're already hanging out. If you're flat out scared to stop chasing every advertising and social media opportunity, but you're also so exhausted from trying to keep up with the constant changes, you need to hear this episode. Today, like I said, I'm sharing the five popular marketing tactics I don't use to market my own business. And trust me, you will be a little surprised by what I don't do. I hope it gives you the freedom to cut the fat from your own marketing task list and simply focus on what has actually proven to bring new clients. By the way, guys, before I get into the show, if you haven't yet, please give me a rating and a review. Apple Podcasts has exceeded 550 ratings from you guys. Thank you so much. That means a lot. It really helps me know whether I'm bringing you all the content that you want and need each week. So your feedback really does matter. I read every single review and thank you so much. Now, on to today's episode. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. I admit my marketing philosophy is a little weird. When I consult with entrepreneurs on their marketing and they aren't really familiar with my agency, I'm often met with shock and disbelief when I start sharing data on why social media is overrated and highly ineffective for the home industry. To make things weirder, I actually had a vested financial interest in social media platforms at one point. My agency used to offer social management and made significant revenue doing so. 
It would have been in the best interest of my agency, at least from a financial standpoint, to teach all of you that social media is completely necessary and that you should outsource it to us if you can't keep up with the vast number of tasks I would then explain you must do. Instead, my agency slowly phased out of social media management services. Well, why is that? Simply put, the demographics and usage stats of Facebook and Instagram showed a user base that was the furthest thing from a custom or luxury home professional's ideal client. To continue offering those services would have meant to encourage the use of social media as though the home industry were actually going to see a return from it. While some people do get the occasional high-end client off social media, it is rare. It's also not worth outsourcing your social media, by the way. You should be able to post once a week on your own and then just get on with your life. The posts that are made by you personally will resonate better with your followers anyway, because only you are you and people really can tell whether it's you or a social media manager doing the work. Because of all these reasons, my agency stopped offering social media management services, aside from Pinterest, which is a search engine, by the way, and by the time we found an Instagram agency to refer our social insistent, as I call them, clients, we had significantly decreased my own agency's use of social media as well. So not only were we not managing Facebook and Instagram for people, but we actually scaled back our own presence because it really was, like, not worth it. Now, at this point, some of you might be thinking, wait, what? You run a digital marketing agency and you don't harness the power of social media? My very basic response to that is, why would I harness the power of a horse and buggy, which is impacted instantly by social uprising or political upheaval or technical glitches, when I actually have an off-road vehicle that can withstand just about any circumstance? Yeah, I'm talking about social media versus email marketing, and that is the hill I will die on. Not only is email marketing faster and easier to use, it also generates a significant return, one that puts social media return on investment to shame. But I've talked about that in other recent podcast episodes, so I'm not going to regurgitate all that information. Now, to be clear, I do have social media accounts for my agency, and many of you likely already follow me on Instagram or Facebook. I only post three times a week on both platforms, the same content, you're not missing anything, and it's nothing fancy. It's just an image and a well-thought caption. Despite my lack of Instagram wizardry, I still get the DMs, the comments, and the emails that indicate I'm reaching my goal of connecting with and building relationships with ideal clients for my agency. Now, if you're wondering what else I don't do to market my business, let's talk about it. First thing would be Instagram Reels. I've actually never created a Reel, and I don't intend on changing that. I'm not against them, but I'm also not interested in spending hours of time creating each little video. Frankly, I have a business to run and clients to serve and a team to manage. I am not at all interested in creating what I hope will be the next viral reel. Now, if you enjoy creating reels, have at it. While it will likely increase your following, it won't result in new clients if you're offering higher end or custom services. People are going to follow you for entertainment value. To retain those followers, you will need to create more reels more frequently. The social beast is always hungry and you'll have to keep feeding it. And some people enjoy that process. I'm just not one of them. The second thing I don't do, and I actually used to do it, is uh, Facebook groups. I used to run multiple Facebook groups for my agency and a few years ago I was even encouraging the use of them on this podcast. However, Facebook has made too many changes to the ways that group members can see the content that's posted in the group. I'm seeing ghost town Facebook groups everywhere, even those that are run by popular public figures or brands. 
Facebook groups work well if they were well-established several years ago, so before the algorithm change, and if they continue to be well-managed to this day, barring any future and almost certain updates from Facebook. So is it worth investing time into something that will most certainly change weeks or months from now? That's the cost-benefit analysis I had to make, and it's the same one you should be making too. The third thing I don't do is I don't run digital ads. Now, I'm not against running ads on Facebook, Instagram, or Google if a few conditions are met. Number one, you need to have a sales funnel set up with a lead magnet for each ad. Number two, you need to run the ad on a platform your ideal client already uses. And number three, the ad itself needs to be set up and adjusted properly over time. You can't just set it and forget it. You set up the ad one day, you tweak it a few days later, you tweak the ad again, you're trying to get the most out of your spend, your ad spend. Now, that being said, I have yet to see a need for ads, at least in my business, because in my experience, online ads, when I have tested them, they have resulted in low quality clients. And if you've run ads in the past and didn't get great clients either, consider whether your best clients come from offline sources, from certain referral partners, and see how you can replicate that situation. Now I get it. It's easier said than done, but it's also easier than wasting money on ads that get you nowhere. This episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by Socialite Vault. Did you guys know we give away free marketing templates in the vault? That's right. You don't have to be a member to test drive these templates. Just go to socialitevault.com and click on the freebies tab. These templates are specific to designers, stagers, workrooms, and organizers. They're beautiful and easy to edit in Canva. Go to socialitevault.com com to grab your templates now. The fourth thing I don't do to market my business is print advertising. When I'm offered printed ad space as a sponsor or something, or I'm given the opportunity to write a guest article, I always choose the latter. A non-salesy, super helpful article will convert more clients than the prettiest full-page ad ever could. Not only are print ads expensive, they also don't have a trackable return on investment. It can be tricky to know whether the ad is working. When someone calls you from the ad, is it really from the ad, or is it from the fact they've seen you three other places by now and the ad was just the last prompt they needed? This is a good question to ask yourself. If you want to run print ads, make sure your ideal client is an active reader of the publication and choose a call to action for your ad that makes sense, such as book a discovery call by going to mywebsite.com. Avoid offering special pricing, discounts, or free offers because all that's going to do, guys, is attract bargain hunters. It's going to attract people who already do not value you from the get-go. All right, the fifth thing that I don't do, and this comes with a lot of caveats, the fifth thing I don't do is video. Now, let me be clear. I think video is an amazing and powerful tool. Depending on the age demographics of your ideal client, video might be the best way to reach them. However, I rarely choose to use video because I already have a media presence through this podcast. My audience and my ideal clients have made it clear they don't have time to watch videos. They prefer audio as they often consume content while driving, working, or exercising. It's hard to watch a video while you're driving. I don't recommend it. Not that I have personal experience. Oof. (laughs) How do your ideal clients consume content? The answer to that question will influence your entire marketing strategy. Now, I can give you a hint as to how and where they might be consuming content. Keep in mind that active email accounts surpassed 5.6 billion in 2019, and 99% of email users check their inbox every day. So could it be this is why email marketing remains the most effective 
digital marketing tool decade after decade? Uh, yes. Now, let's talk about the five things I do to market my business. We've talked about the five that I don't do. Let's talk about the five that I really would never want to part with. The first one is blogging. So my podcast show notes act as weekly blog posts in addition to featuring the actual audio that you're streaming via Apple Podcasts or Spotify each week. Blogging once a week has done crazy things for my SEO, and my agency frequently gets new clients strictly from search results. My team creates multiple pins for each blog post and pushes them to Pinterest while also increasing the website traffic. I personally repurpose my blog content into social media posts on my Instagram, which streamlines the 12 posts or three per week that I schedule in advance for every month. So I'm all about repurposing, recycling content, and then not wasting my time on things that just don't provide a return. The second thing I most certainly do to market my business is email marketing. I practice what I preach, and the bottom line of my QuickBooks account reflects it. Email marketing has brought tens of thousands of dollars into my agency and even more for those of our clients. Don't underestimate the power of sending one email per month. I'm intentional about not overwhelming my mailing list, by the way. I rarely exceed one email per month, and I never exceed two. I respect your inbox and your time. If I'm going to show up in front of you during your busy work week, I make darn sure that email is worth you opening it. And this is how you guys need to approach your email marketing as well. Because the truth is we are sent too many crappy emails. We're not sent enough good, helpful emails. Be one of those good, helpful emails and your open rates will reflect it. All right, the third thing I most definitely do to market my business is I use lead magnets. The freebies. Oh, the freebies. I never give away my time for free, but I'm always dishing out a free Canva template. I love a good template. I know you guys do too, because they're actually relevant to the home industry and to your business model. So if you aren't sure which lead magnet you should use for your business, do what I did. Think about what someone might need to understand before being willing to hire you. In my case, my leads want to know if my agency can deliver a quality product and whether that product is adaptable to their needs. The answer is heck yeah, by the way. Now, in your case, your lead might have questions about what it's really like to work with you. So in that case, make a short ebook or a video that answers those questions and shares your process and introduces you and the team. This type of lead magnet attracts qualified leads, not DIYers who just want your free input on the current best paint colors for their house. The fourth thing that I do to market my business is, well, you're listening to it right now, podcasting. I mentioned this already, but my podcast is also my blog. And on the flip side, my podcast has definitely opened more doors for my brand than a standalone blog ever could. I've been able to meet amazing CEOs within the home industry, gain many new clients for my agency, work with sponsors, be interviewed on other podcasts, and all of that has just been Obviously, it's amazing because it's organic publicity. And while podcasting is a lot of work, and there are some days that I cringe when I see the quote-unquote record podcast task in my Asana list for the day, I can honestly say this has been my agency's biggest source of organic publicity, revenue, and reach. And we are reaching almost four years of podcasting, going strong, and I plan to continue this for as long as I am in business, which I hope to be in business until I'm like 90. So there you go. <laughs> I'm 30 now, so we've got a long time, guys. There's going to be a lot of podcast episodes coming out of me, hopefully. 
The fifth thing that I do to market my business is I focus on collaborations and partnerships. Collabs with other home industry entrepreneurs and organizations are my jam. I wish I'd kept a running list from the start because I honestly have no idea how many different collaborations I've done to this point, but I do know that a good portion of them end up becoming recurring or that are at least done more than once. I've also had some ongoing partnerships as a way to leverage my brand and my partner's brand. My favorite brand partner is Ochre and Beige. A lot of you guys already know them. They're a blogging studio that is run by my real-life BFF, Jacqueline Edwards, and we were friends for years before Jacqueline launched her company, and the level of familiarity and the mutual trust we have made it really easy for us to partner up. I know a lot of people say being in business with one of your best friends can either be the best or the worst thing. It's definitely been one of the best things. Now, if you're wondering how we joined forces, what we're doing together, just go to socialitevault.com. All our blog post templates are created by Jacqueline and her amazing team. So guys, to wrap it up, I do a lot to market my agency, but much of it feels natural and not forced. If I had the added burden of posting daily on social media, doing reels, creating long-form videos, or managing online ads, I would quickly start to hate my business, just being honest. I don't mind working hard if I can see the results of that work. And at this point, it's pretty clear where those results lie and where they don't. You need to sort this out for your own business by asking one question. Who is my ideal client? From there, your unique marketing do's and don'ts will start coming to light as well. And you'll be able to say, hey, I do need to be on Instagram. Or you know what? I actually don't need to be on Instagram. Or you know what? Maybe I'm going to do a podcast. Maybe I want to do a blog. Maybe video feels natural to me. And I know that my ideal client absorbs content best via video. So I'm going to do that. Saying no to all the marketing tactics that just don't fit your ideal client will free you up to say yes to all the ones that do, and then you'll actually be able to move your business forward and stop wasting time and stop wasting money. All right, guys, so that's what I have for you today, short and sweet, and if you need a little bit of help or a lot of help with marketing your business, if you're like, you know, that email marketing sounds like something I need, <laughs> trust me, everyone needs it then head over to Socialite Vault, check that out. Or if you're like, you know, I can handle that part on my own, but I need a lead magnet or I need a client guide or I need a prettier website and I'm kind of on a budget right now, head over to socialitevault.com forward slash shop to check out all the goods. All right, guys, until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message straightforward targeted to your ideal client. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.